0: Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you. Spirit of the living God, we have not come here to waste our time. Breathe upon your sons and breathe upon your daughters in a powerful way. God, like the Spirit of God hovered over the waters and then God said, I pray in this moment, that there would be moments like that. You would encourage, you would uplift, you would do what only you, you could do. You would equip the saints you would equip your sons you would equip your daughters for the work you've called them to do would you unite your people would you build marriages and build men and build women in this house God that they would be all they're called to be in the name of Jesus and everyone said and everyone said come on take your seat in honor of Giselle being back just slap your neighbor I haven't said that in a while slap your neighbor She gave me a sign years ago in my office, it said, slap your neighbor, and uh, she would always do that. So I want you to slap your neighbor and tell them they're ridiculously, or as my children would say, redonkulously, redonkulously, I think that should be in the uh, Wikipedia, redonkulously good looking. Can I get an amen? Do we appreciate our worship team? Can we give them a hand? (laughs) Do we appreciate James Janetti's hats? Can we give them a hand? He's been, you've been veering up the hats this weekend, James, I noticed. He loves when I point him out in service. (laughs) Just like home. Um, I have a a baby daughter and uh, she is two years old and four months, I believe. And uh, she has a habit, I wouldn't say it's a good habit, she has a habit of screaming daddy every night. At about 2 a.m. So I appreciate that. I love that. I, uh, I go, yay, she's up again. And uh, it was kind of my fault, to be honest, because uh, uh, silence in the house of God. This is a serious place, and we will be serious things. How many love the fact you can have fun in the house of God? Amen. Church should be fun. Why? Because God's fun. God's creative. God is not boring. If you think God's boring, uh, you need to read the Bible again. Amen. Or just hang out with some different Christians. Um, but anyway, my daughter has a habit, uh, probably about a year old habit, of screaming at me every night. And uh, she goes, uh, the first one's not quite as loud. She goes, Daddy? Second one, a little louder. Daddy? Third one? Oh boy. Third one? Daddy? Like, I mean, like, hell is screaming at me. And uh, I'm just like, oh god, that is coming. It never seems like a good night to just postpone it and say, I'll teach her to scream and, and not have a bottle. Uh, it never seems good. But my daughter loves to scream at me. Someone say, amp it up. One of the things about God is I've noticed that God rarely, really screams. Screaming is for babies. Screaming is for dysfunctional adults sometimes, isn't it? But God does not scream at us. I've noticed that God whispers. God guides, God leads, God instructs, God counsels. This is the heart of God. And so if you are going to amp up His voice, you have to lower some other voices. You have to lower some other things in your world. And you have to lean in to hear His voice. But if you lean in, listen now, if you lean in to God's voice, God can shift. God can change your world in Jesus' name. I've also noticed about God is God speaks in atmosphere. Someone say atmosphere. How many of you know that in the bedroom of your house you have a certain atmosphere? In the basement of your house you have an atmosphere. Every church has an atmosphere, however, you have an atmosphere. Your mind has an atmosphere. My mind has an atmosphere. My heart has an atmosphere. And so when you first come to the house of God, and maybe you're here today, and you're new, and you're checking it out, and someone just invited you, I've noticed that most of the times when we come to church, we, we come because something feels empty. We come honestly because perhaps there's an area of brokenness in our life, and we're like, okay, I grew up in church, but now that might be the answer. I need to go back to church, or maybe just go to super-duper-friendly Friend who invited you and said, "Hey, I want you to come to the house of God." I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot, and so forth. And we normally come to the house of God with a bit of brokenness. But I want to, I want to uh, coach just for a moment on bringing an atmosphere of faith to the house of God, because God Himself moves in certain atmospheres. If you go into a pool and there is a lightning storm, you got to understand that lightning actually will be Uh, a conduit in certain environments, right? If I am in a a watery environment, then the power is going to hit me and I'm in trouble. But if I'm in the right environment, and if in your mind and in your heart, you create the right environment, this is the pathway of discipleship. I want to coach you just for a moment that every time you come to the house of God, if you come with the right environment, the right mind, the right heart, then God can move with power in your life. God can do more if you'll just come with the right attitude and the right heart. And can I say this? If you came in wrong, it's okay. God's mercy and God's grace will speak to you. But over time, God will, will invite you to bring a certain environment. It's a, hungry, uh, it's a hungry appetite. Matthew 5 verse 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So if you come hungry to the house of God, you'll hear something. If you come with faith, you'll hear something. If you come with generosity, you'll hear something. If you come with honor, you'll hear something. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. I want to jump into a passage of scripture, First Kings chapter 19. First Kings 19, um, I'm not going to read it just yet. It's verse 9. If you've got your Bible, grab it, take some notes and so forth. But I want to give you the backstory of First Kings 19 first before we get into this text. Are you ready for it? Come on church, are you ready for it? First Kings is the story of the kings of Israel. King Saul is the first king. He rules and reigns for about 40 years. David is the next king. He rules and reigns for roughly 40 years. Solomon is the next king. He rules and reigns for 40 years. And then there's kings like Rehoboam and Jeroboam and numerous different kings. And then there's a guy by the name of Ahab. Someone say Ahab. Ahab, the Bible says, does more to upset the God of Israel than any other king before him. And then the Bible goes on to say that he doesn't just upset God, he then goes and marries the wicked witch of the east called Jezebel. And he he not just aligns himself with Baal, but he aligns himself with this other idol worshiper. And because of that, trouble has hit the land. And there is a man by the name of Elijah, and Elijah's ear is attuned to heaven. He is a prophet. He hears God's voice, but he speaks it, and he shows up to Ahab, and he says, a drought is coming. Somebody say, a drought's coming. coming. When a prophet says a drought's coming in an agricultural society, you've got to understand that he's basically condemned them to have a season of a great depression. So for three years, it would have been like the 1930s in America, a Great Depression, or the GFC, the global financial crisis, and, the, and, and for three years, it doesn't rain. God provides for the prophet in, this, in, in a ravine, but he, but he has a bit of an Ace Ventura moment for a moment, because he, he provides this, but with, um, what is the bird called, the... the the ravens, the ravens, and he has these moments where the ravens literally come and they bring like shrimp and steak and all kinds of things in morning and night, and they feed him. How many think that's cool? And he goes, oh, come to me, my animals. And morning and night, ravens literally come and bring him food. Isn't that cool? But why do you have to keep hearing God? And why do I have to keep hearing God? Because the way God provided you for you at one time in your life isn't always the way He keeps providing for you. Because He brings Him to a ravine and then the ravine dries up. Someone say it dries up. It dries up, but then God says, Now you're going to go to a widow and I want you to speak to her and I want you to provide for her. And what's interesting is the prophet's provision was actually in a woman who was very poor. If CNN got a hold of this story, they're like, CNN here, we have this uh, ridiculous prophet who has gone to a widow who is broke, and he's asked her for his last meal. We knew it. Prophets are just after money. We knew it. (laughs) No, no, no. This guy's a scammer and a jammer. But what's interesting about this moment is that he brings something. He says to her, listen, give me the first one, give me the best one. And this widow that's like, okay, I'm about to die, but I'm going to give it. He says, no, you're not. When I speak to you, that that meal that you have, that oil that you have, it will run and it will run. And what you've got to understand, I've got to understand that God's word always brings provision to our life. Do you know that in countries in the world where Christianity has come, do you know that those countries are transformed into more prosperous countries? Do you know that when Yesi and Monica come, when they go and bring the gospel to villages in India, they said literally the village changes and blessing comes because they're often serving other idols and worshiping other things. But when people begin to worship God, blessing comes. Are you with me? How many, how many want some of that? Come on, someone say Amen. Her obedience to God was her breakthrough. But then in one of the most famous passages of Scripture, um, Elijah, he, he confronts the prophets of Baal. He literally calls down fire from heaven and there is a revival. Someone say revival. There is a revival in the land that when the fire falls, they realize that Baal and the different idols are not... Are they not the true God, and he is the one true God, and then the people of God who have been worshipping Baal literally fall down at their feet, and they begin to worship um, God, and then he runs off. It is one of the greatest victories ever recorded in all of Scripture, and then Elisha runs up to the hill, and he begins to pray for rain, and rain comes. Someone said rain comes. Someone say blessing comes. When the rain came, the blessing was back in his life, but how many of you know that you can serve God for a while and God can bless you and God can do miracles and God can do great things. But if you are tired and if you are worn out and if you just feel like, oh, it's not all going well. How many of you know that you can be blessed, but your thinking is messed up? What's so interesting is that this guy took down 450 prophets of Baal and then one woman, one woman says one supercharged demonically charged line, I'm going to kill you and this guy who had incredible faith, it's like it drops in his mind and it was like an explosion went off and he all of a sudden thinks to himself, I'm going to die the Bible says he goes and he runs away and he hides God says to him, why are you here? It's always good When God asks you a question. But how many know God is never confused? He asks you a question for you. He asks you a question so that you will get clarity. He asks you a question so that you will even judge your own motives. He asks you a question so that you will have vision again for your life. In First Kings chapter 19, here's where we are, but the Lord said to Him, "What are you doing here, Elijah? How many of you know you can be in the right place with the wrong attitude? How many of you know you can beat in church and everyone else is blessed, but for some reason it's bypassing you. You can be in the right place with the wrong attitude, or you can be in the wrong place and get a right attitude. Are you with me? Here's what verse 10 says Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. Watch this now. And I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me, too. How many of you know he was not the only one left? Because the people of God had just come back to God. He'd had a revival, but somehow one line, one line from the enemy. Took him down. Wow. If Elijah, the man of God, can be taken down by one line, one thought that creates pictures that are negative, that creates pictures that change literally the, the essence of what he carried, could, you, could it be that you and me sometimes are walking in victory and then it's like the devil drops one thought? Your way, and if you allow that thought to create pictures, that thought will create pictures, and those pictures will create moods, and those moods will change everything you think about yourself, your family, and God. It will literally take over a mind. That's why the Bible says, careful what you think about. Careful. The nest, the birds of the air, they come, they try nest. He says, You can't determine what flies over, you can determine what lays an egg. In your head. Are you with me? Yeah. Someone say, it's in, it's in a whisper. Now watch this now, verse 11. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. I love that God's voice was an, encounter, was an invitation to another encounter. He says, Elijah, I'm speaking to you, but go out before the mountain and now go and meet with me you're like, why didn't you meet me with me just here? Because God's word always encourages us to move. God's word always encourages you to move forward. You might go from attending church once a month and that's awesome for you, but I got news for you. He was going to say, you need to come twice a month. And then when you come twice a month, he's going to say, you're going to have to come every week. And you're like, Lord, how come you're always moving me forward? He's like, that's what I do. And then all of a sudden, you, 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 you're praying like a minute, and now all of a sudden, you're praying an hour. And then later, you pray tonight. Why? Because God wants you to move forward. And every time God speaks to you, it is an invitation to encounter Him more. Are you with me, church? I said, are you with me, church? Watch this now. Go out and stand before on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. I want you to hear this again. But the Lord was not in the fire. When bad things happen in your life, I want to give you this thought the lord's not in it Adam and Eve were in a perfect environment God created a perfect environment and I and I and I just I'm tired of people blaming God for everything God is good the devil is bad How do we get that theology mixed up? We think the devil's bad, and we think somehow, sorry, we think the devil often is offering good things, and then we say, God, God did it. And people all over our culture, when a plane falls, you're like, oh, where's God? Don't we know that every time we get on a plane, we are assuming some kind of risk? How many know that God didn't create planes? How many know that God didn't create, every time you get in a car, do you know that you are assuming a risk because in Genesis 1 there were no cars so why is it that we create things and they go wrong but when it goes wrong we blame God are you with me I want you to hear there was a wind that was blowing and the wind is the storms of life that come against you and me Jesus does not promise that you are free from every wind free from every storm There will be winds that blow against your world. And I believe that the focus must be for you and I. Don't put your faith in the wind. Do you know that faith is simply believing that something's going to happen? Do you know that fear is believing that something's going to happen? Fear is believing something's going to happen. Faith is believing something's going to happen. They're just in a different source. And the wind blows, and the Bible says, but I'm not in the wind. I'm good. And then there's an earthquake, and the foundation of his life is shaking. Sometimes, sometimes someone passes away. Sometimes a marriage gets rocked. Sometimes um, uh, the economy gets rocked, and people are standing there like, oh my gosh, my foundation is shaking, but I want to just say again, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake, Bad things happen, bad things happen, but God does not cause bad things. God is a good God. One of the great temptations from Genesis 1 is God is holding out on you. Young people hear this all the time. God is holding out on you. He just wants to take away your party. And then married people, they hear it. Are you married to the same person for years? Do you know that most times, most times people give up on their marriage and then they get married again and the exact same problem shows up in the second marriage and the third marriage and the fourth marriage. Guess what? The problem is in you. The enemy is actually in me. Are you with me? Two selfish people coming together produces problems. Therefore, let God deal with your selfishness. If I just found another person, it'll be better. Learn from Hollywood. If Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie can't get it going on. Money, looks, fame. If I, just, I just, I married the wrong person. No, you made the right person. Why? Because you said yes. The moment you said yes, it's the right person. And now God has to deal with you. A great marriage, I don't know why I'm going here. Hopefully I'm helping someone. A great marriage is just two people who got pretty good at forgiving. Someone say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on, say it Say it loud and proud. Just say, I'm sorry. Come on, say it again. I'm sorry. We're just practicing great relationships here. I'm sorry. Men are great at this. We're like, I'm sorry, babe. Women, I'm not sure sometimes. <laughs> Come on, say, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Just helping you. In Jesus' name. <laughs> the wind blows and God, the Bible says he's not in the wind. And the earthquake shakes. And the Bible says he's not in the shake. And the fire burns. And God's not in the fire. I promise you this, you'll get burnt sometime in your life. Sometimes, sometimes you'll be disappointed. How can I promise you that? Well, it's life. You'll get disappointed. I've seen people... Change from one to the next, from someone who doesn't like God to someone who loves God. But unfortunately in ministry, I also see the other. I'm on the front row to life change, but sometimes I'm on the front row to people choosing the wrong thing. And I see the power of decision. And I see the power of letting your wind and your earthquake and your fire burn you. Listen, life will burn you sometimes, but will you forgive? Someone's going to hurt you. Someone's going to hurt you. You're like, I'll never trust again. That's what the devil wants. I'll never trust a woman again, i never trust a man again, i never trust a church again, never trust a business again, I'll never trust again and the fire burns us but the Bible says he's not in the fire, he's not in the fire, someone hurt you, someone offended you, he, God wasn't in that but it takes our focus doesn't it, it takes our attention, it takes our focus. It, 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 And I just want to encourage you, listen, sometimes life beats you up, but don't let the storm beat up your faith. you got to lean in and watch this now. The Bible says in verse 12, after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a gentle whisper. Why does God whisper to us? Is it because He doesn't want us to hear? He whispers because He's close. He whispers because He's close. You only whisper to people you are close to. But when the storm hits your life, when the wind hits your life, when the earthquake hits your life, it feels like God is a million miles away. And you're like, where are you, God? I want to promise you He is close. And if you will hear His closeness, if you will hear His whisper, if you will lean into the whisper of heaven, He will speak. And all of a sudden, there will be clarity on your life. When God whispered, all of a sudden, Elijah's negative, pessimistic mindset, oh, defeated, and woe is me, and I'm the only one kind of mindset, had to change. Are you with me, church? Where's my notes? I write, I don't even know why I write notes. I get so far away from my notes that I then have to come back to my notes, and it's not where I would be. (laughs) Can I say this, though? The whisper determines your next season. The whisper determines your next season in life. Are you going to have faith for the next season? It'll be because you heard a whisper. I have the band come back. (laughs) That's a word from the Lord for someone right here. Shut your phone down. (laughs) Elisha, God speaks to Elisha and he whispers to him. And he says, you are not the only one who serves God. And I find that so many people, when they are serving Jesus they often find, they they feel alone. Have you ever felt alone? You're the only Christian in your workplace and you feel like that makes you the only Christian in the world. You know, life is hard because I'm the only Christian in my workplace. But doesn't that mean that you're meant to be in that place? I'm the only one serving you, God. And God says to him, I have 7,000 who have never bowed their knee. And revival just came, but you've allowed, watch this now, church, you have allowed a demonically charged superwoman to infect your mind. And now all of a sudden, a mighty man of God was turned into a wuss. A mighty man who brought God's miracles has been turned into a wimp and a wuss running from one woman, though powerful, because it got in here. How many people serve Jesus for numerous years and one thought gets in here and they don't deal with it? They don't deal with it. They don't deal with it. And now the thought defines him. The thought defines you. Your greatest thinking will actually eventually define your life. Nothing ever goes right for me. That'll define you. God never answers my prayer, that'll define you. Do you know that lots of the world wishes they had your problems? Do you know that most of the world wishes they had your financial problems? Pastor, I've got credit card debt. Do you know that lots of the world wishes they had credit cards? My marriage could be better. Lots of people want to be married. So work on the marriage you got. God spoke to Elijah. Listen, listen to what happened. All of a sudden he knew what to do. All of a sudden he had vision again. All of a sudden, he knew what leader to put in what place. All of a sudden, he knew God was near. But I want you to see this: depression broke. Woe is me broke. Anxiety broke. I'm the only one kind of spirit broke. See, for you to amp up God in your life, you need to amp some other voices down. For you to amp up God in your life, you need to amp down. Some of you need to amp down social media. You need to amp down some TV. You need to amp those things down so you can turn His voice up. Why? Because He whispers. He whispers. The devil berates you, shouts at you, calls you, but God whispers your name. He says. Rich, I've got something for you. He says, Eddie, I have something for you. He says, Jackie, I have something for you. He says, Sophia, I have something for you. He just, he whispers it. And he's waiting for you to lean in. See, Jezebel shouts. Jezebel wars against your mind. What is Jezebel? It's a spirit. That runs against anyone carrying the word of God. Jezebel is a spirit, not a person. It's a spirit that wars against anyone who wants to carry the very word of the Lord. But then life happens and we see the storm and it's like all of a sudden, like faith just gets low. And I just want to tell someone tonight, I want to tell someone today, God's close. He's not far He's close You might feel far That's just the storm He wants to whisper He wants to whisper I want you to stand to your feet real quick When God's voice spoke When God's voice spoke Depression lifted When God's voice spoke fear of the future had to go on Elijah when God's word came there was like a cloud that lifted have you ever felt like you've been in a cloud have you ever felt like there's a cloud over your mind I just want to believe right now there's some clouds that are just going to lift some depression's going to break some fear of the future just anxiousness staring at the winds and the earthquakes and everything else I want to believe that some things are going to shift Come on, close your eyes with me. Lift your hands if you're comfortable. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see every son, you see every daughter. And Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray right now that there would be a word of the Lord pierced into their mind, their spirit right now, throughout this whole weekend, tonight, this week, in Jesus' name, the clouds of heaviness, clouds of uh, low expectation, clouds that would stop people, clouds that would hinder people, clouds that would cause the manifestation of really the plan of the enemy would lift right now in the name of Jesus. And I believe right now Lord that you are going to give peace to minds and peace to hearts and encouragement and comfort and whatever they need in the name of Jesus. I just believe Lord God for fresh vision to be over your sons and over your daughters. Vision in business, vision in marriage, vision in who they're called to be in Jesus name. Let discouragement leave anyone that it's sitting on in jesus name oh we give you praise and honor and and worship come on all god's people put your hands together come on put your hands together for the lord come on praise him just for a moment thank you lord come on if there's a shout of victory in you before we move on to the next part of our service, would you close your eyes with me? Would you bow your head? If you've been running from God, you've wandered away from God or just got lost along the journey or you've never said yes to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, I want to tell you repentance is simply this. It's changing one's mind. You used to follow you. You used to follow self. You said it's not worth following God. I call you back today to following Jesus. He's knocking at the door of someone's heart right now says, Son, I have good plans for you. I have a purpose for you. I want to come into your heart. I want to come into your life right now. So we're going to pray a prayer as a church and that prayer is going to connect you to a person. His name is Jesus. We do it by faith but He gives us grace. So come on, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you are good. I ask you now Come into my life. I turn to you. I trust in you. From this day, I will follow you. Would you change my life? Help me follow you. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed in this place. If that's you today, you meant business with God. Quickly, on the count of three, lift your hands. One, two, three. All across this place, lift your hands and say, Pastor Anthony, that's me today. Thank you. I need them back. Anyone else, just quickly lift your hands and say, man, that's me. Man, I'm coming back to God today. I'm receiving Jesus today. Anyone else today? I think other hands are going up. Father, I pray for every hand, every heart in the name of Jesus that you would rock their world today. And from this moment on, their lives would never, ever be the same again in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe you received God's word today, would you give them a shout?